All right, guys, Film on the Rocks has been Colorado's essential summer event for over 20 years, featuring live performances and movies under the stars at the iconic Red Rocks Park and Amphitheater. The summer series combines some of the best in culture, views, and cult classics, and it's a movie experience like no other. The viewings fill up fast, though, so make sure you get your tickets ASAP. Uh, the next one coming up is, let's see, what do we have here? We just missed Goldeneye. Um, but there's another one coming up soon. Illegally Blonde, Independence Day, The Shining, Jurassic Park, Casino Royale, all on uh, the menu this year. So make sure you check them out all the way through August. And they even have drive-up movie options for a great family uh, flam- family night outing. So check out Film on the Rocks this year. And we'll, we'll of course, be giving away tickets all summer uh, to some of the Film on the Rocks showings. And... We'll be giving some away, I believe, at the Grand Opening 2.0 this weekend. So make sure you stop by the DNVR bar and make sure you check out Film on the Rocks this summer. Number one for the one and only DNVR. Two goes out to Zach Mace, and the bar. Three for Mr. B. We are DNVR, and we are live from Studio B. The B stands for Bridgewater or Lock. Uh, and we are, of course, presented by MSU Denver. <laughs> That's a stretch. No, Not I that we're presented so. by MSU Denver, but uh, the bridge of the br- br- the B for Drew Lock. So. B for Bridgewater or Lock. Yeah. For br- well. Where's the, the beginning of the sentence? Oh, okay. Anyways, That's, this is the beginning yeah. of the podcast, <laughs> and we are presented by MSU Denver. Check them out, msudenver.edu slash online to find all they have to offer. And the best thing about it is that people that attend MSU Denver work twice as many hours as students attending any other Colorado institution. So if you're looking to maintain a full-time job uh, while getting your degree, there's no better place than MSU Denver. And we are here, Mace. Finally. Finally. Waiting long enough. Some real freaking football. No pads. Well, so not quite real football. But real football. And real fans on the hill. I mean, forget about anything that happened in practice. The coolest sight of the day was Von Miller coming out of the locker room, gradually moving his way down down the field over to the fans. And I, you can't get close. There are no autographs this year. And the where the fans can sit on the hillside stops at a much higher level than before to maintain the distancing uh, between the fans and the players. But Von looks up at the crowd on the hillside and he starts mm. doing his clap thing. And then everybody starts clapping along. And that was kind of a moment for me where I felt like, okay, we're back. Now, I mean, Joe Ellis, you know, kind of said something interesting yesterday that, you know, they're planning on having full stadiums, but, you know, kind of qualified that by saying, you know, just kind of have to see with everything going on with Delta variant and all that. But, um, that was a moment where you're like, okay, we're getting close. We're, we're getting, we're moving on. We're getting past this. Things are, nature is healing as it were. It's back to normal. Yeah. That was, that was the high point of practice. And it is absolutely great. Now, of course, everyone is chomping at the bit mm-hmm. to get this quarterback battle started, get mm-hmm. this quarterback battle going. Um, and while unfortunately throughout OTAs, we kind of had to deal with Vic Fangio saying it was what, 5% of the entire process. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think while training camp is a much bigger part of the process, day one of training camp is probably the smallest yes. part <laughs> of that process. But regardless of that, everyone wants to know who had the better day of practice. And Mace, I got to admit, you you are the only person I've seen with your take on it. Mm-hmm. So I want to hear what that is, and I want uh, I want to hear your reasoning behind it. I'm that. going with a push, and... I know people are focused on the two long touchdown passes that Drew Locke had. 
Now, on one of them, Vic Fangio pointed out safety kind of pulled up to avoid a, a collision. So Vic kind of poo-pooed that a little bit. But you had you had some coverage lapses. I mean, as we've you know, there's you know, no Jamar Johnson because he's on the COVID nineteen list. They're working in some new safeties. I mean, I'm if anything, like one thing that struck me is I'm really concerned about the safety depth on this team. You get right. past Kareem Jackson and uh, Justin Simmons, and uh, you're just going to be kind of holding your breath, perhaps. The other thing is kind of, you know, Drew had, I think, the best two throws today. You could One of the deep balls and then one downfield shot to uh, to Jerry Judy. I thought it was a little bit behind Judy, but Jerry's going to catch that almost every time. Teddy, he was steady Teddy. The thing that was encouraging for Drew today was he didn't have the big mistakes, but he had one play in seven on seven where the whistle blew on him, one play in team where the whistle blew on him, he had one play a little out to Cortland Sutton where it looked like he didn't he didn't read it right, like that he thought Cortland was going one going one way and Drew through the other. And Drew was mad at himself. And because we know Drew Locke is not a jerk in any way, shape, or form, he's not gonna be upset in that way because of something somebody else did. Mm-hmm. He's mad he's mad at himself. So looking at that, I'd say probably he feel that that was more on him than on court on Cortland Sutton and Teddy had a one play where he climbed the pocket really nicely and Teddy just Teddy didn't have moments where the whistle blew on him Teddy looked better more composed in the pocket so Drew had the higher level stuff Teddy was more consistently decent to good and that's why I go with the push any big mistakes from either guy no and that's where if you're and that's where you're encouraged by this. And if if this is what they are, you'd go with Drew. Yeah. Because of the high level throws. But one thing that was interesting that Drew said after practice, and I think maybe he was probably better prepared, and this is actually a credit to Drew Locke, he said that when he had a bunch of receivers and tight ends working with him over the last few weeks, that they went over the first couple of days of practice. That he knew that they, you know, you can kind of get the script and figure it out. And so for Drew, this was a day that with guys like Albert O, Noah Fant, and others, that this was not the first rodeo for him. This was something he'd done before. Teddy did get work in down in Miami. It was only with Deontay Spencer and Jerry Judy. So certainly I think today, to Drew's credit, but also it's worth noting, I think it was probably a product of Drew being here and working with more guys over the last over at times over the last few weeks than Teddy did being down in South Florida. And that has to matter, right? Like there was nothing precluding Teddy from being, uh, being here and working out with those guys. Well, except the fact that he's a new father. Well, right. I mean, but there's not, I mean, how bad do you want the job? Well, I mean, you gotta, you want the job, but you've also got things in your personal life and all that. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to ding Teddy or the fact that his work was only with with a couple of guys because he mentioned Spencer and Judy, and that Drew had some days with a bunch of guys. And actually, Drew said that part of the work came with Jerry Judy as mm-hmm. well. So Jerry worked with both Drew and Teddy. Smart and I man. think it, smart man. Hey, someone's going to be delivering him the ball. And uh, Justin Simmons says he thinks that Je- that Jerry can be an All Pro or a Pro Bowler. He didn't qualify about that by which quarterback. He just said he thinks he can be an All Pro or Pro Bowler this year. Well, and and I'm not necessarily knocking Teddy for it, but it matters. Like, if Drew got a head start, he doesn't get handicapped for it. You know what I mean? Like, then he he has a head start, so Teddy has to catch him in that regard when it comes to chemistry. And Drew Drew did well what we we know he can do, do well. He pushed it down the field. He was, you know, when he was on his first read, he was decisive and had some good play action executions today. So... It was interesting, like today, and another reason why I think I'm going to call it a pu- I'm calling it a push is because both guys did what we know we can, they can do. It's where do they go beyond that? Where where do they step forward? And that's what I mean. It, today was probably expository action. If you know, if you're uh, again, if you're kind of going on the scorecard for me, the scorecard was dead even. I know a lot of people disagree and say uh, Drew had had the day, but that's I think again, if you focus on the high level throws, it's going to be Drew. If you kind of Take, take a step back and looking at the big picture. And also the fact that Teddy had a near deep completion that went right off of Tyree Cleveland's hand, leading him on a post. If Tyree makes that catch, 
are we say are, we're saying that oh Teddy had a deep completion as well, mm-hmm. and I can't ignore that. Mm-hmm. So all right, um, quickly you mentioned Albert O, um, a couple other guys. What's the injury status of some of these guys? Albert O looked fine today. That is, cr- I mean, he was a little bit later in the season. Yeah. So that's really great to hear. It's great to hear. He's you know, he's young. He's bounced back nicely. Cortland looked fine. I mean, you can see they're going to ease them back. But I was really surprised to see Cortland Sutton out there for some team period reps. Not many, just a handful. But they got him in there. Nice. And the way Cortland talked yesterday about playing one preseason game, you kind of thought, oh, might we be mate waiting a few days to a week before he's out there with team? But he got there. He got some team reps today and he got tar- it got targeted on one play so that so that's a good that that was a very good sign we saw Mike Purcell who we didn't see at all in OTAs out there to out there working uh, in team period reps as well that's another good that's another good sign going forward so really inter- and Bobby Massey was back out there too although he was with the second team okay that was and that's another ask. interesting thing that I think we need to dive into there's a legit competition at right tackle and that, and, and when it comes to probably the beyond quarterback, what is the next most important position battle? That's where it's going to be. Calvin Anderson today, Vic say is going to rotate day by day. So tomorrow that would mean probably Bobby Massey. The question is whether we see Quinn Bailey or Cameron Fleming enter the mix at right tackle. Cameron Fleming today worked behind Garrett Bowles at left tackle. So at right tackle, you saw, you saw, you saw Calvin Anderson, Massey, Quinn Bailey kind of cleaning it up with the, with the third team. And Anderson had, there were a couple of plays where he did a good job pulling, creating creating space. Uh, one play that jumped out uh, for Mike Boone in particular. Also, Calvin Anderson got beaten by Von Miller. Von Miller is going to do that to a lot yeah, of people. Yes, he is. And it, the, 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 to Calvin's credit, it didn't lead to a stretch of plays where he went into a he, he was able to compartmentalize and move on. And with a young guy, that's the number one thing I want to see. You're going to get beaten by a stud. How do you bounce back? Absolutely. And he, and he settled, settled himself really nicely. And, um, you know, I asked, I asked Vic about Calvin after practice and the, the praise that he offered yesterday. He kind of echoed it and talked about the, the progress that he's made. Garrett Bowles loves him some Calvin Anderson. The two mm-hmm. of them spent a lot of time together, room, to, room together. So that is actually, it's, it's a competition, but I think we expect it to be Massey and Fleming, but this is looking more like this is going to be a Massey and Anderson competition, at least early. Just to give everyone a little bit of a... Uh... Uh, inside look at what our training camp coverage is going to look like. Mm-hmm. We're trying to get you from all angles. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have two people, at least, sorry, I should say at least two people on the ground every single day, of course, Mason, Zach, and then I will also be uh, getting my days in there out at training camp. Um, and one person is going to write the quarterback scoreboard. That person will not be on the podcast. So you're going to get from Zach Stevens today a detailed report of almost everything mm-hmm. uh, that went down between the quarterbacks. And then, of course, uh, after the podcast, Mace will kind of get you covered from some of the other angles uh, mm-hmm. of the day. But speaking of Zach Stevens, I want to bring him on now because he, I guess, slightly disagrees with your take mm-hmm. uh, on the quarterback competition today. So let's uh, let's hear what he has to say. Why, why Zach, did you have Drew Locke edging out Teddy Bridgewater just a little bit today? The end zone, guys, and we know how tough that is to get into the end zone for the Broncos recently. Uh, and so the fact that he was able to get into the end zone not once but twice was uh, just just the thing that put him over the edge in my book. Teddy Bridgewater was better in the pocket. I'm sure that's something that Mace has said already. He looked a lot more comfortable. Drew looked a little frazzled at times in there, but D- Drew got in the end zone a, a deep bomb to to Trinity Benson, which was a fantastic catch by Trinity on his part, and he scored. And so t- 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 uh, uh, Teddy Bridgewater almost had a touchdown, but he was just a little bit off with Tyree Cleveland. Otherwise, he probably would have won the day if that if that catch would have been made. Went off his hand, though. It, it it went off one of his hands. I mean, it it would have been a very tough catch. And give credit to Trandy Benson for making that catch for Drew. That that was a difficult catch as well. And that I think just illuminates just how close this competition. Right could end up being if you know a couple inches one guy can make the catch one guy it's just out of his hands can kind of swing the day and the balls weren't the, the passes were in similar places as well and that's kind of the thing here i mean 
I, I would say that like Drew, one of the passes to Trinity, that was as good as the one that, that Teddy made to Tyree. One was caught, one is not. And so you kind of have to kind of, and that's where we kind of have to kind of look at this competition from an interesting perspective and say, all right, what's their fault? What's on the quarterback? What's on the receiver? Right. Yeah. What What's interesting though is like in a game, yeah, that pass doesn't get completed. Right. And you punt on that drive mm-hmm. versus you do complete that pass, you score a touchdown on that drive, it changes the game. Fair or not, that's that's how it's going to go. Yep. And um, that's and say, why. And same yeah, with it, Drew's other. Yeah. Same yeah. with Drew's other touchdown that he had to Jerry Judy. I mean, Jerry Judy was was wide open, uh, and so Teddy absolutely could have made that pass, yeah. but Teddy didn't make that pass. It, it was yeah. Drew that made that pass. So you give give credit to Drew, and that's why, guys. I know I want this competition to be called as soon as they know. I don't think that's going to happen, even after what Vic said yesterday. So it means we're going to get a lot of time. So it means that the plays that are going off of one hand one day are going to happen for the other guy the next day they're going to even yeah. themselves out and we'll find out okay is teddy just putting a little more mustard on these passes than drew is and actually drew's throwing it more accurately or maybe we'll find out that boy today was the outlier with drew getting those passes and teddy not getting those passes absolutely uh my question for both of you is we've now seen a lot of quarterbacks uh, in the last five years, compete at Broncos training camp. Some not competing, going all the way back to the battle between Mark Sanchez and Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch. The next year, it's Paxton Lynch and Trevor Simeon. The next year, it's Case Keenum. The next year, it's Joe Flacco. Last year, it's Drew Locke. How did today's quarterback play compare to some of the other uh, training camp quarterback play you've seen, Zach? And then I'll go you sure you want to do this, Ryan? Because we know uh, we know how Case Keenum looked in training camp. Well, uh, and I'll tell you what. Goat. I'll tell you what. Uh, Drew Locke and, and, and Teddy Bridgewater did not look like Case Keenum. They they were not outstanding today. But after the practice, Vic said they were good, and that's exactly what I would say. They were good. And I was thinking about this on my way home today, guys. That that Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater they kept up with the defense enough. The defense didn't dominate today. And what do we what have we seen for many years? We see the defense absolutely dominate the offense for like the first week of practice. And you know, being optimistic, we're like, well, that just happens. And today it wasn't the defense absolutely dominating practice. It, it was a good give and take. The defense certainly won some plays. Von Miller certainly won some plays, but the offense also won some plays. And so that's very encouraging to me at where this offense is and where the quarterback position is. Yeah. I don't want to get kind of down the first day here, but there was a little bit more of a dynamic presence on the offense than we've seen. And honestly, Jerry Judy, if he keeps doing what he did in OTAs and what he did today, he could transform this offense no matter who the quarterback is. Mm. And I think, like, to what's been missing, you get to even, like, 2017, obviously the quarterback play was deficient with Trevor and Paxton. I remember early in camp turning to somebody I've known for a long time and having a conversation and saying, the 2018 quarterback isn't on this field. Twenty And, and he wasn't. In 2018, it's Keenum as Charlie Checkdown, taking what's there, taking what's there. There's there wasn't the same kind of dynamic presence that I feel like Jerry Judy alone has brought mm-hmm. stepping in there this year. And I think it's less, a di- I, I think there's less a difference in the quarterback position than there is. I feel like there's a real alpha developing in number 10 at wide receiver here that could transform the outlook for this, for this entire offense really. And the other thing is the offensive line we were talking about the right tackle tackle comp, tack, yeah, I'll get it out. Right tackle competition, but this O line is better than it has been too. Zach, would you uh, concur with that? Yes, I would agree with that. And, you know, it starts with Garrett Bowles. Garrett Bowles has got to be very, very solid on that left side so that they can do something that they haven't done and just swing protections all the way to the right side uh, and, and help with that right side because right now, Looks like Calvin Anderson is that first guy, which I know everyone on our podcast loves to see. But we're going to see how this plays out because it would be something if Calvin Anderson wins this. Over two guys that they signed this offseason that are making $4 million. Maybe George Payton isn't the biggest Calvin Anderson guy, but we know from everything that Vic Fangio has said, he seems to really like Calvin. And that's going to be big. If they can get solid play, 
just solid play out of right tackle, then the rest of the line should take care of itself. Did you happen to see uh, Calvin Anderson's hype video that he sent out? Oh, no. When was that? Today? Uh, the day before the media barbecue. Um, he put out, like, this video of him. He's, like, like walking through the city in, like, some dimmed tones. Um, and he's got, like, clips uh, from different, like, media sources talking about him. It was, uh, it was quite inspiring. Oh man. I mean, he's, if he takes off and becomes like a good starter, he he's, his social media is going to absolutely blow up. There's no question about that. I mean, you're going to see him maybe be the most popular offensive lineman on Twitter. If he can get a big contract one day. Love to hear it. All right, Zach, uh, we are going to let you get back to writing the scoreboard and uh, very much looking forward to seeing what the score comes out to be. Of course, if you want to read the scoreboard, head over to thednvr.com where you'll get all of our training camp coverage on top of what we're doing here on YouTube. Um, of course, if you become a DNVR member, you can also do so much more. We will let you go, Zach, um, so you can get back to that. And uh, like I said, we'll be looking forward to seeing what the score is. Right on. See you, fellas. Like I said, Mace, uh, we will be uh, covering training mm. camp from top to bottom over on the DNVR.com. We've got new T-shirts coming. Of course, when you <laughs> sign up uh, to be a member at the DNVR.com, you can get a code for a free T-shirt. You can also come down here to the DNVR bar and get member-sized beers. By the way, this weekend, we've got the grand opening 2.0 coming. Everyone knows our first grand opening was sadly very much dimmed um by COVID-19 so we've got a much bigger party planned this time so much fun stuff going on down here and again uh you're not going to want to miss out on quarterback scoreboard as each day we'll be kind of alternating um between Zach and May so we can uh and they'll kind of come together on a score maybe it's in between where they are maybe there'll be a consensus on the score regardless I think I very much predict that the scoreboard will predict the winner of this. It w we will not be on the wrong side of it. Well, I can tell you this when I'll just give you a preview of what's coming. We slightly differed and the scoreboard is going to kind of reflect being in between. The middle. Yes. That's the way it should be. And that's the way Zach and I did it last yes. time. Because Zach and I would have some like long spirited mm. debates about who won. The first, the last quarterback competition we covered, and we finally just ended up realizing mm -hmm. probably easier to just split the difference. And then again, the, the scoreboard still uh, bore out who was the best. Yeah. Let's, so let's see how that goes over the next few weeks. Also, I want to tell you about our partnership with Ball, and that is, of course, as in Ball Arena, but also as in the aerospace technology company and as in the world's largest aluminum can and packaging Manufacturer speaking of aluminum cans right here. Ball has been leading global sustainability efforts for decades. In 2018 and 2019, Ball Aerospace developed image surveillance systems to observe natural resources from space and methane, ozone, even land and water use. Ball's ASI, which is their aluminum stewardship initiative certification, makes it a leader in the stewardship of aluminum while meeting the highest environmental, ethical, and social standards within their market value chain. By 2030, Ball aims to reduce operational carbon emissions by 55% and across their value chain by 16% from 2017 levels. And guess what? They are looking for help right here in the Denver area at their plant in Golden. They have four manufacturing positions for production technicians and other roles available. Is that so? It is because <laughs> they need to make more cans. In 2020, Ball made over 101 billion cans. That's billion with a B. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's a lot of cans. And, you know, we're using one of the cans here right now in the DMVR studio. They're hiring production techs to make even more aluminum beverage cans, adding line capacity. They're at 400-person plant right over in Golden. The demand for sustainable aluminum beverage cans is greater than ever. And more than that, chances are, like I, like I said, if you've consumed a beverage in a can, it's been from a ball aluminum can. We've got some of those ball aluminum cans used for Breck Brews, for example. Oh, yeah. Right here at the DMVR bar. So... The good thing about aluminum is this, 75% of all aluminum that's ever been produced in the history of mankind on this earth, it's still in use. It is infinitely recyclable. Cyclable. So they can just keep doing it over and over and over again. That can you've been drink that you're drinking out of, 
that aluminum's probably being used time and time and time again. That's the cool thing about aluminum. And you can help Ball do that by joining them, joining their workforce right now. Like I said, they're looking for people to join them at their plant in Golden. Text GOLDEN to 77222, and you'll be linked to open positions. You can also go directly to jobs.ball.com, search for GOLDEN. That's jobs.ball.com, search for GOLDEN, or simply text GOLDEN to 77222. Be unstoppable at Ball. All right, I also want to tell you about our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook, where you can turn $1 into $100 just if an American medals. And as we know, Americans are getting on uh, the medal stand every single day at the Olympics. So bet $1 for new users and turn it into $100 as soon as American an American wins a medal. And you probably don't even have to wait for it um, because so many Americans have already medaled. So it's free $100 uh, when you sign up at DraftKings Sportsbook. And, of course, you can always get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000 when you use the code DNVR at DraftKings Sportsbook when you sign up. Of course, for that, you must be 21 or older, Colorado only. The bonus is comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. So the uh, deposit bonus requires a 25X playthrough and restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. That's impressive that you got through it so quickly. Oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay, base. let's dive into your notebook here. What else... Uh, was notable today. What else did you find interesting? Who stood out? Any rookies? I guess that, we'll start there. Any rookies that stood out to you today? Pat Sertan, and no one's surprise, is playing well. But what's interesting is how they're working him around. There, even some packages were kind of trying him. Remember Sua Cravens three years ago? Yes. Trying to have him be that hybrid. Clearly, with Pat Sertan, there are two things going on. Number one. Fangio wants to use more dime packages because that's the way the league is going in terms of in terms of pass intensive being stout on the back end, having a lot of speed on the back end. Number two, Sertan is playing at a high enough level where he's basically saying, all right, I need to be on the field. Now, Darby had a, Ron Darby had a good day today. Okay. Kyle Fuller, I thought, played well today. Bryce Callahan, a play that Jerry Juni made where, to his credit, Teddy Bridgewater kind of got it up and got it to where only Judy could get. It was a leaping catch. Teddy had to place it there because Bryce Callahan was on Jerry Judy's hip, tightly on him. And that's a, that's a, an impressive throw, an impre- impressive catch, the kind of thing that you get from two guys who really are on the same page chemistry-wise. But you can't fault Bryce Callahan because he was right there step-for-step step with Jerry Judy. So there, things are going well at corner. I mentioned Vaughn Miller. Uh, making a play off the edge against Calvin Anderson. What was interesting is also Malik Reed was right there. He would have been positioned for a sack as well. Reed got multiple pressures in the, in the day. They're still working kind of Bradley Chubb back to kind of full tilt. So we're seeing a lot of Malik Reed at this point. Um, on the offensive on the offensive side, mentioning Jerry Judy, Trinity Benson had a good day mm. from down the depth chart with some downfield ca- downfield catches. And another rookie I, I want to mention, and he's below the radar undrafted, but he made a very nice play on the ball on a pass in this practice, and that was Mac McKenna, North Carolina a and Okay. And number 49 was a little bit out of position on one of the touchdowns conceded, but keep your eye on him because he looks like he's got some really quick instincts, reacts quickly to the ball, can make plays on the ball early, so we're going to see some ups and downs, but maybe Mac McCain, you start thinking about him as a potential practice squad guy, especially because the practice squads, once again, are going to be expanded this year as they were last year. Obviously, running backs are hard to judge at all in training camp, and especially before they put the pads on. Mm-hmm. One thing I would just ask is the one thing I can sometimes notice with those guys and just anyone out there is foot frequency. Did Javante Williams look like the explosive guy that we're kind of expecting him to be? He looked explosive. Mike Boone did too. Mm. And for Mike Boone, it was picking up where he left off in OTAs. The thing I like about Boone in particular is how decisive his cuts are. Bobby Turner, remember when he was here, longtime Bronco running back coach? Yes. The thing that Bobby used to preach to his guys over and over was one cut and go. Mm-hmm. Bobby T would really like Mike Boone. Love that. Yeah. Mike so, Boone, you know. Mike Boone's one of those guys, and there's a few guys like this throughout history where every time they get an opportunity, they shine. Yeah. And you just wonder, why are they? Why is this guy not getting more opportunities? I wonder if that's what we're going to end up saying about him, mm-hmm. you know, when he does get out there on the field. It's very possible. And 
it was just interesting to go back and watch him in Minnesota. When he got opportunities, he was a guy could average five yards a carry. I think it was in the Saints game last year that I went back and watched, and he's got some real explosion to him. So you're pretty you're pretty psyched about the depth at running mm-hmm. back. Um, you know, Royce Freeman actually had a, a couple of nice runs today as well, and he had some Still sharp around. cuts. But he's kind of that forgotten, yeah. forgotten man. You almost wonder if Royce is effectively auditioning for the other 31 teams and if somebody would rather trade for a running back and give up a conditional pick rather than seeing if he's available on the waiver wire. Maybe that's how this plays out for Royce Freeman. The other thing that could happen is one of the top three backs could get hurt. Yep. And then that would set up a spot. Touch wood. Him. Yeah, that... This, yeah, this is yeah, that's that's wooden enough. Particle board, right? I think oh, so. That's, that'll do. It's got some wood in it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> all right. I'll just kind of name some other names here. Um. Noah Fant is a name that I haven't heard mentioned too much. Tight ends weren't really active today. At least not Noah Fant. Eric Salbert's making some plays. Oh. They got Austin Fort involved in the flat as well, and you just hope with Austin Fort that the dude can stay healthy. Yep. Because he's zero for two on making it through camps. But you know he's good enough if he can stay healthy. But Salbert, and I actually, and I asked Vic about him after practice, he's going to make this team because, for one thing, he's a better blocker than Noah Fant and Albert O are at this point. Sorry about the uh, Tecmo sound effect there. By the way, that that's a... Bo Jackson calling you? Uh, it should be, yeah. <laughs> Bo Jackson or QB Eagles from back in the day? Yes. But, yeah, now I lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, we, that's, that's we were okay. talking about uh, tight, tight ends. ends. Yeah, yeah Sal- Salbert. Better blocker. Yes, but the interesting thing with him, Wade Harmon, of course, the Broncos tight end coach, came from the Falcons, coached him down in Atlanta. Salbert was, uh, was, the, was, the, was the year of kind of the off-the-radar off the uh tight end do you remember uh the bears used a second round pick on a tight end from like a division two adam shaheen adam shaheen right and i believe that it was the same year that eric salbert came out of drake drake mm. is infamous in colorado buffalo's football history yes you had to do that didn't you well sorry but you know more infamous for the late chuck fairbanks, chuck fairbanks in particular yeah. doomed by drake drake is a non-scholarship FCS program. They're in the Pioneer League. So Salbert basically coming from completely. Yes, very good. Well, they got they've had a decent basketball team. Yep. Our own Kale Sorbo is a Drake he sure is. alumnus. So he had a huge learning curve coming into the league. Actually, it started and this is where I admit sometimes you your biases coming into a draft can kind of rear back. Four years later, I'm thinking back to seeing some astounding film of Salbert at a pretty low level there in the Pioneer Football League mm-hmm. and saying, well, if he, you give him some time and he can kind of find his sea legs, he can develop. And today, seeing some of the outstretched catches that he was making, seeing how crisp he was, I'm like, okay, this is the guy that I thought had some real high-level potential if he'd get in the right spot. So... Getting at, so that's another good sign as well because you have Albert O getting healthy, Noah Fant, you can rely on him. And if Eric Salbert's in there and if he's the best blocker in that room, he's going to get snaps. But it's nice to know that he can make plays plays with the football as well. That looks that looks like a little bit of an upgrade from what the Broncos had on the back end of that tight end depth chart last year. Anything else top of mind that we haven't covered yet? Um, Oh, gosh. Let's see. We got Sertan. I... I got the Mac McCain mention in mm-hmm. there. I, I I mentioned Mike Purcell. We saw Shamar Stephen uh, rotating in liberally with the defensive line. Deshaun Williams also getting uh, some, depending on the package, getting run with the ones as well. Um, talked about the, the right tackle position. Garrett Bowles was effusive in praising how far Lloyd Cushenberry has come from year mm-hmm. to year. Says He said the thing with Lloyd is that he's playing more than thinking. Yep. And last year he was thinking a lot and now he's playing, he's reacting quicker and is kind of taking over as that quarterback of the offensive line. It's great to hear. It's great to hear. It's not great to hear if you thought there was going to be a competition between Lloyd Cushenberry and Quinn did. Miners. I didn't either. But I think people got caught up in the storyline of the gut. They like Miners, yeah. And, and, and I not? like Miners long-term as well, but... 
he is coming from Division Three, mm-hmm. and he didn't play at all last year. He basically had one week in the Senior Bowl in January, and that was it. The most logical outcome for Quinn Miners this year is redshirt year. Yes. And that's okay. Totally. See where he is next year. But cushion bearing looks really steady. And that's what you want, you know, you want steady. Center is not something where you're saying, man, that guy is spectacular. You want somebody who is the, who's commanding the group. I wouldn't be surprised if late in training camp, Quinn Miners has a hamstring injury and he ends <laughs> up on IR. When I was growing up, Washington used to do that with their quarterbacks. Uh-huh. Every, every year they'd take like a Jay Schrader or a Mark Rippon or a, um, Stan Gelball, who played with the Chargers, for familiar names for our older listeners, and they and so, there'd be a hamstring or a mm-hmm. foot problem, and eventually they they started having independent people review, review that. this. But yeah. that was that was the Joe Gibbs thing back in the eighties. I'm going to take a quarterback on day three, develop him, but I'm stashing him. But yeah, would that surprise me? No, oh, yeah. but there, but they but there probably will be some scintilla of a legit injury if that's what happens. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, everyone's a little injured by the end of training camp. Did you see also from the pictures that the offensive linemen, are, some of them are wearing kind of extra protection on their yeah, heads? Yeah, is that just why get a concussion in practice or why yeah. bang your head at all in practice? Basically, you start trying some things out as well. I mean, maybe this is something that's going to take root yeah. on, a lar- on a larger level. We've actually seen some college programs. I know Virginia Tech, North Carolina, Wake Forest have you know sometimes put extra padding on the, on the helmets of players, but put sensors in there. No sensors here, but sometimes, but we've kind of gotten some evidence that these, this sort of thing can help. Awesome. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap up the live side of things. Yeah. Um, if you're watching live, make sure you hit us with a thumbs up. Make sure you subscribe because we are going to be doing this every single day. Uh, tomorrow it'll be Zach who comes in and gives his, his impressions of practice while Mace will write the quarterback scoreboard and we'll just keep rotating that in. I'll be at practice on Friday, hopefully a couple more times next week working with the Broncos on the COVID protocols and how many media members they're uh, able to let in on the facility. Uh, but so stay tuned with us um, and uh, and we'll be having you covered all the way through training camp. But again, on the live side, that's going to wrap it up. All right, before we move on, I want to tell you about our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group where we've had several DNVR listeners switch over uh, and make them their permanent family dentist. They'll reach out to us, let us know what a great family they have over there at Green Mountain Dental and, uh, and they're part of our family here at DNVR because they're DNVR members. They're diehard Colorado sports fans. They'll come down to the bar, watch an Avs game, bring the whole family down here. Uh, so when you go to Green Mountain Dental, you'll feel like you're just going to like a DNVR dentist. It's like the DNVR bar, but not quite as exciting. But it's still great uh, over there at Green Mountain Dental. So check out our friends over there uh, and tell them we sent you. By the way, before we go to the next spot, Jerry Judy, you see his tweet where he said 2,000. 2,000, yes. I quote tweeted, I said, I'm not going to be the one to say it can't happen. Okay. <laughs> I think if Aaron Rodgers were a Bronco, I'd feel very confident it would happen. I'm, I'm not there yet with the quarterbacks. Oh, I'm not confident <laughs> in it, but I'm not going to be the one to tell him no. No, I'm not. I'm going <laughs> to tell him no. But receiver is still a dependent position to some degree. Absolutely. So, but that's okay. Um, what isn't dependent is uh, our friends over at Solace Meds, a new partner for DMVR Premier Dispensary with some hot deals. So you can just do it yourself. Go on over and check them out. Solace Meds has four convenient Colorado locations in Fort Collins, Wheat Ridge, one off Broadway, and one just blocks away from DMVR Bar on East Colfax. These are their deals throughout the month of July, which is wrapping up. So take advantage of them right now. Wild Night and Day Gummies, big one, 50% off. All Wana, 25% off. All Open Cured Rosin Cartridges, 20% off. All Green Dot Concentrates, 20% off. 111 Rosin Cones, 20% off. And you get a 10-cent pre-roll or 10-milligram edible when you spend 50 bucks. That's easy. You'll do that in a second. And if you head on over to their Wheat Ridge location, you can get a free Solace Bar or King Cone when you mention the code as well. That code, by the way, is DMVR20 for 20% off. You have the Wheat Ridge location. You're going to get a free Solace Bar King Cone also with the code DMVR20. Solace Meds makes your cannabis shopping experience a delight. Go on over to their website. That's solacemeds.com, S-O-L-A-C-E meds.com. View their menu, order online, and pick up at your convenience like I said, solacemeds.com, purchase from there. And don't forget that magical code DMVR20 
It's 20% off. And the cool thing is they will also, that will also let them know that your friends over at DMVR sent you. So check out solacemeds.com with four locations, including one on East Colfax, just blocks away from where we sit right now at the DMVR bar. And after you indulge in some Solace Meds, you're going to want to indulge in some Hassle Cattle Company Wagyu beef. It's the best. I, I, I was telling uh, the guys this the other day, I just love to tell anyone and everyone I know about Hassle Cattle Company because then a couple weeks later after they've had it for the first time, they come back and tell me, oh my God, you were so right. I love when people tell me I was right. Um, so head over. Uh, to HassleCattleCompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L CattleCompany.com. Use the code DNVR10 for 10% off your order. On top of that, if you spend over $200, which trust me, you are going to want $200 worth of this stuff and it'll get you a lot. You're also going to get free shipping. So check out Hassle Cattle Company and then tell your friends about it and they'll tell you how uh, great of a meat critic you are uh, when you send them towards Hassle Cattle Company. All right, Mace. Let's jump into the questions from the listeners here. The first one is from Onion Booty Bronco. I'm going to skip over it because it's mostly for Zach. Although I'll just say, he says, Zach, this is your last chance to dip out of our pizza bet. I don't think Zach would back out anyway. Zach and, uh, and Onion Booty have a pizza bet on who will win the Broncos quarterback competition. I'm guessing that Onion Booty is betting on Drew. He is betting on Drew. Okay. Next one's for you, though. All right. Yes, from the count who says, I had a crazy dream that I was in the body and mind of LDJ, and my job was to scour the earth for bad Broncos <laughs> takes. I got paid an ice cream for every bad blogger I exposed. It was awesome. Love the count. Two things. Number one, what flavor ice cream do you get paid in? Mm, Rocky Road? That would be awful. Then it'd be a nightmare for me if it were Rocky Road. Why don't you like Rocky Road? It's just too much crap in there. Huh. Not a fan. Interesting. Now, I don't think I can say I've ever had an ice cream that I didn't like. Coffee. Love coffee. You ice love cream. coffee ice love cream. Co I love Ugh. coffee anything. Yeah. No. Terrible. Terrible. Espresso martini. Uh, coffee. Wait. wait. Uh, espresso martini ice cream? No, I'm saying oh, okay. I like all coffee right. in all, all things. Right. Yeah. I've never had a coffee ice cream that I liked. Oh, gosh. It's the, it's the number one thing I order when I go to a, a ice cream place. Oh, for five. And I've had, you know, I'm not abusing my sampling privileges to use a reference from Curb, uh -huh. but. I do like to sample some things. But you don't like coffee. But I still want to try the ice cream. I'm just saying, like, that's why you don't like coffee ice cream. Maybe that's that's it. I don't like coffee unless there's a lot of stuff in it. Coffee, for me, basically exists for the one month of pumpkin spice, and that's it. Mm. Even though I know they're trying to stretch it to two and three months, for me, pumpkin spice is basically October. about October 5th through a little bit after Halloween. Okay. That's it. Not all the way up to Thanksgiving, huh? Well, at that point, I know I'm getting pumpkin pie on Thanksgiving. So uh, I can kind of wait a little so bit. So you're, okay, all right. Next one's yeah, from Mel. But LDJ, real quick, since he always has those bad takes. I he mean, finds the finds bad them. takes. Yeah. He doesn't have the bad takes. He finds them. Man, how do you have time to do that? And mm. why? They make you, LDJ, I know you're listening. They make you angry. Why he make yourself likes, angry? Just likes to expose the garbage. Okay. Oh, man, L I, I love you, but... If someone had a consistently bad take, I'd stop watching or listening. Fair enough. Next one's from Melbourne Bronco. Uh, hello, guys. Welcome back, Zach. Hope your batteries are recharged. Looking ahead, if college coaches wouldn't throw anywhere near Sertan, do we expect NFL coaches to do the same or challenge the rookie? I've never seen an NFL quarterback who is afraid of a rookie corner. I mean, Champ Bailey got thrown at as a rookie in Washington back in 1999. And... He's he and Charles Woodson are probably the two most pro ready corners immediately stepping stepping in delivering that I've ever seen. Pat Sertan is good. And I know everyone's high on him, but I am but I don't think he is in the champ Woodson class. And that's okay. Yeah. Because we're talking about literally two of the top five or six cornerbacks to ever play the game. And I don't think it's pair it's fair, pardon me, put that comp on Pat. All right, but Next. he's good. Yeah, but, I they, mean, but they will throw at him. They'll there's, throw at every there's rookie. Never been there's never been a rookie that coaches weren't afraid to challenge. Absolutely. Next one's from the Big T. He said Super Bowl and paid for your lunch. RK, what a nice thing to do. Not wanting to be outdone by my fellow PS4 Madden League commissioner, I'll offer to pay for lunch or dinner for Mace, RK, Zach, Andre, Hank, and Allie. But there's one condition: I get to choose the restaurant, but it must be within one mile of the DNVR bar. Sound fair? Absolutely to me. If you're all on board, then I will sort out payment. And why are you enough to cover? I don't know how much lunch or dinner costs there. 
and you can give back whatever is left to a local charity. All I ask is a review of the food and some pictures. Does it sound like a deal? It sounds like an amazing deal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be hard to get everyone together, so yeah. maybe it'll be just some of us. I know that me, uh, Andre, and Allie are here every day. Okay, what are your favorite spots within a mile of here, though? I'm not very good at judging there's a, distance. There's a lot. Oh, I mean, um, we're not too far from Tacos Tequila Whiskey, right? Yes. Well, that's like one foot away from Literally. here. Literally. Um, that yeah. is amazing. If you want to go for a late but night. But he gets to pick the spot. Oh, see. The, um, I'll eat anywhere. So I'm 100% in on this. There's probably not many restaurants where I couldn't find something that I like, but there's an awful lot within a mile of here. Yeah. That's, um, a, cool, that's a cool part about this. I going to say, I live, I think, like less than a mile away mm. and there's a lot of restaurants between here and there. So, oh, yeah. um, I'm completely in, we'll figure out a day, figure out who all can come and we'll let you pick the spot. Big T. All right, Cody. Hey guys, it's actually happening. I'm traveling from South Mississippi to Denver, Colorado with my family. It's going to be late September, early October. What are some things we have to do? What is something we have to eat? Could I go check out Mile High Stadium? may seem like a dumb question, but I've never been to a football game. So I don't know if you can go in or out. I will only be there for a Tuesday and a Friday. Be sure to be catching a few states out that way. Well, I believe the tours are back at at Mile High, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and so I'd start there. Okay, so you can maybe get a tour. Um, if not, it's fun to just walk around the stadium, like yeah. the little what quarter mile walk, just taking a lap around the stadium. Right. Um, and what you'll see is all the um, Ring of Fame busts. There's a little like ode to the Colorado Hall of Fame over mm-hmm. there. You'll see the mini mile high, which is really cool with the barrel man statue. Yeah. Um, so there's lots of cool stuff for you to see over there, uh, even if you can't get in. So I recommend that. Um, other but things- I do recommend the tours. And the t- and by the way, if you, I'm looking at late September, the uh, there are there is availability for tours. For example, on looks like when, on Monday September 27th, Thursday September 30th, Friday September 1st. Also, the 23rd and 24th of September, the week before. And it uh, looks like there are some dates in early October. Basically, the only dates that they don't appear to have tours are Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Sunday. There you go. So check that out. And then I've done a few. I haven't done the Mile High Tour. I've done some other stadium tours around the country. Every one of them has been worth the time and worth the money. A lot uh, of fun. Nice. I've yeah. n- I don't think I've ever been on one. Actually, no. When I was in um, Boy Scouts. Yeah. We did a tour of Coors Field, and it was actually really cool. Yeah. It's, you it's, get to see stuff that you definitely wouldn't get to see otherwise. A key thing if you do a baseball stadium tour, don't do it too late on the day of a game. Because, I like, I, I've done the Atlanta tour a couple of times, but one time I did it at 3 o'clock on the day of a game, and we couldn't go in the clubhouse. Mm, yeah. So. You want to be able to, to get the whole experience. Exactly. Uh, of course, you got to come see the DNVR bar. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, that goes without saying. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of other things that are in the area. Like it's always cool to see red rocks. I don't know if you would want to drive. That's a little bit of a ways outside of Denver. It's kind of a quiet thing. I love the Botanic Gardens. I lived right Just next to the Botanic Street from here. I was gonna say I lived right next to it for a year and I never went. Still never been. Oh, it's incredible. But now it's most incredible. Uh, either in the summer, obviously, it, it might get a, you might start seeing a little less in the fall. And then, of course, if if you are, and this is not just for you, but anyone listening, if you come in in late November or December, you should do the Botanic Gardens uh, lights thing that they have. I've done it. I usually go at least once every holiday season, and it's breathtaking. All right. So next one's from some people call me the Space Cowboy. So excited for training camp to start. Any other position battle scoreboards besides QBs that you guys are watching? CBs or maybe RBs? Uh, we're watching everything. We're not doing a written piece on those battles mm. every day. You probably will get some coverage of those in written form. Um, and then, of course, you're going to want to just stay tuned to the podcast as we'll be covering all those battles every day. I do think we're going to keep our eye on right tackle, which we mentioned earlier yes. in the show. Um, and today it's me writing about Calvin Anderson. If Bobby Massey moves up from two to one tomorrow, we'll be writing about Bobby Massey. Right. And seeing how he did. All right. Um he also said, P.S., please let us know across social media channels if there's no podcast one certain day. I kept looking on Monday to make sure my app, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, wasn't displaying the show. Just a quick tweet would save us some time. Yeah, um, we usually mention it on the show before, and I know you did mention it on Friday, but not everyone caught that, I guess. Yeah, I think we, I, I know we mentioned it. I think we may even mention it a little bit on Thursday, but I think we need to make it explicit next time. And uh, 
A part of it is also we do five podcasts a week. That's kind of the schedule that we're on. Mm -hmm. And so the next few weeks with camp, it's going to be interesting because like, for, uh, for example, we're going to take days off when the Broncos aren't practicing. Yes. So like this Sunday, the Broncos don't practice. And so that's obvious that there won't be a show, but I believe it's next Thursday that the Broncos don't practice. So probably no show on that Thursday as well, but we will make sure to, uh, To post it next time. Yes, um, we'll, thanks we'll for the suggestion. You know. We'll put that. We'll either we'll, we'll just put it in the instead of putting it, just saying it. We'll put it kind of in the in the podcast explainer on thedmvr.com, in the little paragraphs, and we'll just say, "All right, no no pod next day." There we go. Yeah. Finally, from Broncos only, I want to say my goodbyes to the summer drama of Aaron Rodgers. I have a quick story to share. I think we all remember November 1st, 2015, when the 6-0 Packers got crushed by the 6-0 Broncos by a score of 29 to 10 on Sunday Night Football. Aaron Rodgers was running for his life like an escaped mental patient that night. Heading out of town the next morning, we stopped to fill the rental car at the final approach outside of DIA. On the door of the Phillips 66 was a sign that read, get a free cup of coffee when the Broncos win. A small boy saw it and called out to his father, hey, that's a free cup of coffee for you, Dad. To which I immediately added, I think Aaron Rodgers needs that cup of coffee a lot more than you guys. As I said it, I looked in the kids' uh, the direction of the kid's dad. He was wearing a Packers gear from head to toe and had an upside-down smile on his face. Uh, they had obviously come to town to watch our Broncos demolish his Packers. The consolation is a free cup of coffee. G-T-F-O. So basically, this is like this is like if you bet against your team, they lose, but you get a cup of coffee. Yep. You, you win in some small also, way. Also, there's absolute, I want absolutely nothing to do with a cup of coffee from Phillips 66. Fair. Fair. I mean, I, I, I'm not a real connoisseur of gas station coffee. There's not gas station tea, by the way. Huh. Because like Starbucks has every has tea. Almost every coffee shop worth a damn also has like a chai, right? Mm-hmm. Or some other kind of gourmet tea. But you don't see tea for sale at, you know, at the local con- gas station or convenience mart or whatnot. Fair enough. Maybe in England. I'm sure go, in England. I didn't go do. around England and like I went around London last time I was there. So I'm sure you listeners can tell me if you go to go to a gas station, if you you know go to the um the little mini Tesco or whatever, is there you know is there tea rather than coffee? Let us know. Interesting to find out. Um, also, whether you're having coffee or tea, you're probably going to want to head down to Green Mountain Dental Group to make sure you take care of your teeth more so if you're using coffee, I assume. Uh, but either way, you're going to want to go down to. to your local Green Mountain Dental, uh, just outside of Denver in Lakewood, and you're going to want to get your teeth taken care of. And when you sign up for a cleaning x-ray and exam with our friends over at GMDG, you are going to get a free Sonicare toothbrush. That's sign up for a cleaning x-ray and exam, get a free Sonicare toothbrush. But for today, that is going to wrap it up for us on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Day one of training camp in the books. We'll be back with you tomorrow after day two.